Good morning, family. All right. Giving also gets us free. And the more free we are, the, the better we respond to God as well. And I think what we want to do is just, there, there should be no hindrance for us to actually respond to God. And more often when we do that, there's something in that. There's a blessing in the way that we tend to respond to when God says, would you consider? Would you consider? And I've been hearing that a lot. 18 years in, in full-time ministry that I was part of a specific church that I'd ministered and I was part of that. Uh, my very first mentor in my life. And then three years ago, God said, I'm changing your direction. And the strangest thing is that Pastor John and I just met at that point in time uh, at Prophet Andre's camp. And the same word that he gave me last night, which is quite interesting, but I'll get into that in a moment when he had his McCain moment, chop, chop, chop. Um, (laughs) But if I'm thinking in terms of that, there was something about God that he had confirmed and released. And this is a house that not majority of people normally tend to realize the importance of being in a house that's free. Amen. And once you are part of a house that's free, it means you've got the ability to give differently, do things differently, respond differently, experience God in a different way as well. And I know that God has got something beautiful for all of us. When you look at your neighbor and you see the glory of God, that's a good thing. Because the earth is full with his glory. And more often than not, we look at each other. I'll never forget my late father used to say it this way. He said that, my boy, if you can look at your wife and you understand that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, that dwells within you, also dwells within her. That same power. Then you would look at your wife in a different way. The secondary point was that he made was he said, you've got to remember as well that there's two words that will bless your marriage forever and ever and ever. Amen, he used to say. And those two words are universal. You can get an Afrikaans and an English as well. English, yes, dear. <laughs> Afrikaans, yes, Scott. Um, all right, and that's been helping me for the last 14 years. So <laughs> you will get to meet my wife next weekend. Leah will be here. Bailey joined me today. And I just want to once again just honor Pastor John Ranti Bev as well. Thank you so much for just allowing me because this is a big deal. Um, and I always honor the house. Um, there's something about what God has called you. Last night, Gerrit said something about a teacher of teachers. And I just want to confirm that. There's also something about it that God is, and this morning as I was busy preparing and thinking about a, a couple of things, I want to share the picture. Is that okay? I just want to be free because that's the way that I feel at home. And when I'm at home, I can do things in a different way. So this morning, I was lying flat on my back at five o'clock in the morning with my feet up. And the next moment, Leah and our, our last born son who's five months old. We've got three kids. And just a, uh, a note about that. So in 2018, God gives us a word. And he says, Jonathan, I'm going to change your direction. Now for me, my character is to be very loyal. And I have been very loyal. Because I believe that it's not just about if you want loyalty, you buy a dog. Or if you buy, want loyalty, buy an app nowadays. But it is about there's a quality about that that means that I'm planted, connected, and I get it. And I think that was something for me when God said, John, I'm changing your direction. I told my wife, I said, I don't know how to do this. But for the very first time in my life, I experienced that it was a now word. I had to respond straight away. And we did it that way. And let me give you the shorter version of a longer time period. When we 
finished off at the church and moved into the new direction, it wasn't just smooth sailing. A lot of things happened individually. A lot of things happened whereby God was dealing with our character and with our choices. And also to prove that he was God all by himself in our lives. And I'm so grateful towards family and friends who supported us. And then also the people who forgot about us. Because that tends to happen as well. Because when you journey on what God has called you to do, sometimes there's going to be a moment whereby we're going to need faith without support. So we're going to move because of faith, because of obedience. God said something, so I'm going to run with that. There was something that I wrote down and I shared it last night with one of the people. I think that faith is to hope that which actionable items are to dreams. So what I mean by that is we hope for things, Christ in us, the hope of glory. But we need to be doing something about it. That's faith, stepping it out, understanding here's the substance. Faith is a substance. It's what we hold on to. It's the things that we can't see, but we know there's something. There's a sense of, and many a times it's something I'm sharing because of in this house as well. On Wednesday, I didn't even tell the band this. I'm standing there rehearsing a song with them. And for the umpteenth time ministering here, I experienced something that I haven't experienced everywhere. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you is is I wholeheartedly endorse and confirm that there will be revival. And that God would use this house as that specific point as well. That God would have this house. And there was something, so this morning, talking about gifts. So (laughs) I look in my cupboard and God says, I want you to bring this along. And I was thinking in terms of it's either going to become someone's or just, we're just going to share it here. But the greatest of things is, Pastor John, when you said, because there's a twofold word that God gave me. The next I would love to share next week, but this week is just part of the walking it out portion. And these shoes are called fuels. And I was thinking in terms of if we are refueling it means we're getting ready for that which God has called us to be. So if you want to, JD, if you want to, if this is your size, you can wear it. Um, if not, you can put it up somewhere. But this is for ACF that I want to declare. This morning there was a declaration word that God gave me for this house as well. As I say that you will refuel, you will experience that which God has called you to be, and you'll be surprised even by the new things that God is doing within each and every one of you. And we need you. Within the kingdom of God, it's such an important point that we need to realize that we need one another. Collaboration in communication means the following, that we choose to link with one another for the greater good or the outcome. But in ministry components, we need to understand that it's all about people. Ministry is all about people because of God. And it will be messy. And we are going to learn things and we are going to disagree and we are going to work with one another. But there's an opportunity for us to live that wholeheartedly to the best of our ability as well. So the scripture that I just wanted to just share about that passage on as well. And this is found in Isaiah 61 verse 9. It says, Their seed shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them. So they'll see them. And I was thinking about what you shared this morning as well. They say how many opportunities there are which God is opening up for you as well. Where people are seeing things. They're getting to see what God has called this house for. 
and that they are the seed which the Lord has blessed. And because you are a sowing church, <laughs> because you are, amen, you're a sowing church, a church who gets it, a church who moves with it, a church who says yes often, you will see the goodness of God in a lot of areas of your life. And therefore, as we journeyed with that as well, in coming back to our story, Pastor John was really pivotal in, a, in many moments uh, to remind me of that which God has called us to be as well. Because there's normally two components we need to realize. We have responsibility and we have a calling. We need to answer to both. There's things that we need to be doing. It's our act of responsibility. Being a good father means doing something. Being a good mother, being a good friend, being a good churchgoer. Being part of a family, that means we've got to be doing something. I've got to be praying this. My wife challenged me, and she said the following, if God has given you specific skills and talents, why wouldn't you serve the family with those same talents? Because sometimes it's the toughest thing to be preaching and dealing with our own family. In here, it's a safer space. We grow, we get discipled. And then the people we get to know are the closest to us. We oftentimes say, well, they know us that well, so they should know. And when she shared that with me, she said, how about we serve our own family as well? And we started doing that and started seeing a difference that God has brought about. Because there's Apollos planted, poor water, but God increases. And God brought about that increase within our family. And I'm praying the same thing over you as you would actually tend to connect to that, be planted, take that responsibility. And then the second thing, if you are called, many are called. Why are few chosen? <laughs> Response. And for me, it has to do with we saying yes to him. There was a wonderful song about it. The guy, the guy mentioned it this way. He said, I'm giving my yes to you. And this morning as we were worshiping, once again, just wanted to thank the worship team once again. Such an amazing flow and such a great moment as well. that we got to just be part of that. Because as we respond, there's something that God is communicating with us. God is always speaking. We're just, we're, not, we're just not always hearing. So I think it's about that. So within today's message, a couple of things I wanted to share. Number one, abiding. So I wanted to speak about one of my favorite scriptures, which is John 15, verses 1 to 9. And it speaks specifically, and I'm just going to read it out. This is the Amplified from my side. I'm going to stop wherever I get certain moments, and we'll park then work with it. It says, I'm the true vine. I'm going to stop there for a moment. The true vine, not a vine, the true vine. And because he's the true vine, there's a lot of things we have knowledge about, but there's also components we need truth for because the truth will set you free. Not knowledge, the truth. (laughs) And we've got to think in terms of that God's truth over your life. That's why I was giggling like a little girl last night when Pastor John was talking about the McCain moment. Uh, the chop chop things, because for me, for the longest time period, I had also bought into certain components. But a word like that set me free a number of years ago. Yeah. And I think even in jest, as I said it in the prayer room as well, sometimes we can joke about it, but we can get it. We can say, wow, there's something about it. That if God has got, he's so much more than what we've been trained and taught about him. So much more than what we've read about him. And the more I get to know God, the less I know The more I get to spend time with God, the more I need to know. And the more I try to figure out certain things, I know that he's to be trusted, not to be figured out. Because that is faith. 
That is holding on. That's moving with God in that sense as well. So abiding, I'm the true vine and my father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. There's many things that God took away from us in 2018 that I didn't get. It's very sad. (laughs) Some of those moments were sad things. I was like, why is this happening? I don't get it. I didn't really fully understand. And I was wondering about a number of components because I made the choice. Because when God speaks, we still decide. I always said it to God this way, that even if I make the decision, I will never blame God for my position or condition. But I will take full responsibility for that which I said yes to. And when I said yes to him, I said I would follow him. It's quite interesting that John Maxwell says it this way. He says that a follower asks three questions of every leader. He asks the first question, number one, do you care for me? The secondary question, can you help me? And the third question, can I trust you? And there was a resounding yes that God built within, within our family. When he was saying yes, that he did care for us. And he proved himself to be the God who cares enough. Who cares so much that he was closer than that brother. <laughs> Number two, could he help us? Of course he did. He shared help in various forms. And we had to learn how to receive and learn how to move in new ways that we never thought was going to be possible. Number three, trust. Could we trust him? And from that moment, initially, so let me get a little bit more detailed on you. So what had happened was initially we moved out, moved my in-laws. At that point in time, we had uh, only the two girls. So it was a family of four living in a one-bedroom apartment. And uh, grateful for the one-bedroom apartment because I had a place to stay, but we stayed there. God shared this word. He said, I'm changing your direction. Then he told Leah, I am withholding you from hurt. Something is coming. Let me share dates with you to share the significance. So that was, that was just before COVID hit. We moved out the August just before COVID hit. In March, COVID hit. So we stayed with my father-in-law. We stayed with him for four months. And I experienced that we needed to move to a new spot. Everybody say family. And then family created a space for me and said, we've got a three-bedroom apartment for you. No deposits. Would you like to stay here? Because my aunt moved down to Cape Town. And I said, of course, we'll stay there. Did I have the money? No. (laughs) Did I have the faith? Yes. Was I a little bit crazy? I think so. And I just kind of moved with that. Because I think there's certain moments when I need to move with the lamb because I know I'm surrounded, as that song says as well. So I moved with that. So we moved into that apartment, stayed there for two years, and then moved into a new house, so which we are so thankful for, that God made a way. He is the one who makes a way. And the beautiful thing is he makes that way for you. He makes that way for me. It's not just for me. It's not just just for my household. Pastor John said it last night. He said there's certain people who experience miracles and things, and I also want that. It's okay to say, God, what about me? Ooh. Uh, I remember the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir saying it this way. They said, if there's anything you can use, God, you can use me. If you decide to use anything, ooh, pick me, pick me. Yeah. Why would I want to get, let God pick anybody else? And I just want to encourage people today as well. We need people of faith to help us in certain times of our lives. Let me tell you why. We need good reminders on the way as we are journeying. And certain people, I need to connect with people to tell me what it's going to be like to be a husband at the age of 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, woo, 70, 75, let's go 80. 
Because there's people of faith who have journeyed. They've been seasoned in God's word. They've been faithful to what God has called them. And we need those connections. So when we sit down and we are willing to listen, we can learn from each other. So not just running with zeal, but understanding there's wisdom that needs to be part of that. And abiding was one of the things that helped us as a family. And each and every time when we didn't know what to do, um, two things, Bailey's here today, and Bailey said the following. She's our eldest daughter turning 12 this year. Then we've got Annabelle, who is turning eight this year, and then Declan, who is five months old. Yesterday, some people were saying to me, oh, you've got guts to do it. I said, let me share the story with you. I said, so in 2018, God gives me an opportunity to go to the States for the very first time in my life. And no expenses paid. Everybody say friends. So a friend of mine says, I want you to join me to the States because I believe God has called you for something different. And I want to sponsor you to go. So I went to John Maxwell's training certification course. And I was there, spent some time with a mentor of mine that has been a lifelong mentor for the rest of my entire life. Got to see the man, got to experience certain things. And then came back, and um, as I got back, my wife said, hey, honey, we're pregnant. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) She said, you received the trip, I received another gift, but uh, we're pregnant. And then what had happened was some complications happened, and we lost twins in 2018. Toughest time of our lives, many questions we had. I I had so many misinterpretations. And for the very first time, abiding in God once again gave me the ability to get context for situations. Not easy. Being a person in full-time ministry, ministering to how many different people, telling them God's good, God's going to do it, God's got you, there will always be good things for you, which I still believe, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) But God's goodness, there's also God's godness. And because he was God, many times I don't experience him as good, but it doesn't change his character. And then, fast track to, to where Declan was born last year. We had planned nothing. Leah, the, the operation she had to go through, it made it virtually impossible for us to, to, to actually get pregnant. Virtually impossible. And then Declan was born. And his name means man of prayer, full of goodness. <laughs> Declan William Johannes Jacobus <laughs> Pfeiffer. Jacobus, actually, my father-in-law's name as well. Because this is the thing I wanted to honor my own father. His name is William, and then my father-in-law as well. Because I think honor is so important. We need to honor one another, honor the house, honor, honor each other's space as well. That speaks about respect as well. Understanding that this is your house. When I come into your house, I get to be part of it, which I'm always grateful for. So a number of things I want to just touch on as well. So he says that every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes, which is once again a process. We sang the song to say that we think in terms of let it come like a flood and like a fire. And I was thinking in terms of that, that many times we experience the flood of God to say that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up the standard against him, which is you. You are God's standard. Amen, to your household. You need to be looking at your wife or your husband at this point in time. Maybe you haven't done that today. And just look at them for a moment and just realize that they are God's standard for your household. They are God's word over your house. They are the reminder of what God has given you for your household as well. 
And we need all of those components as well. And he will keep on pruning us. And he said, so that it will bear more fruit. And the Amplified says it this way. It says, even richer and finer fruit. And then it continues and it shares all the scriptures that are beautiful. But for me, then I get to the verse 8 and it says, For by this God is glorified that you would bear much fruit. God wants that for us, that we would do well, that there would be certain commands. And when we abide, there's a number of things I was, as I was reading and preparing for this, that God had shared with me. Number one, he says we want to observe when we abide. It's one of the meanings for abiding is to observe, to see. Because more often than not, we don't always get to see what other people see. Or we don't always get to see what God sees. But the prayer becomes, God, show me what you want to see about this person's life. Like this morning, um, I can't remember your name, sir, but the faithfulness that you are displaying. Each and every time when I come to minister here, I get to see you being here, faithful, always greeting. And as I was moving this morning to fetch a number of components... You came out and you said, hey, is there anything else? And I was thinking about it. How interesting is that, that he observed where I was going? Didn't have to do that. But I just want to bless you with that because I think there's something in that, that there's a fruit of observation. And a lot of people don't have it because they don't pay close enough attention. And in the same way, I'm experiencing that God is paying close enough attention to your life. In the same way. That when you move, he's the one who's waiting at the door and saying, is there something I can help you with? So observation is the, is the first one. Follow is the next to say that we follow God. And it's quite interesting that 13 times in the gospel, it's referred to follow me, follow me, follow me. Would you move with me? Would you say yes? Would you give your yes to God? Would you say it's enough, God? I would, if you said it, I'm willing to run with that. Which is not easy because how do we take the vision of God, make it plain so that he who sees it, we take it and run with it. It's not an easy component, but it is doable. And what it takes is is everything that we are to surrender it and to say, God, what do you want? During my three years period, I prayed so many times. I said, God, what is it that you want? And more often than not, I heard him saying, Jonathan, I want you to consider this. I want you to consider that in your life. It wasn't a you will do this, you will do that. I didn't experience that ever. But God was slow to anger and rich in love. And he knew exactly how to deal with me at that point in time, exactly what to do, exactly what to say, the words that would be life-giving for me. And I want to encourage all men this morning that God has got a word for your household. There's something that's locked up in your spirit that you need to release over your own household. And COVID has done something to us. It's muzzled us. It has in a major way because of many reasons. But we need to speak up and speak out. There needs to be something whereby we as men can say, let's stand up for what God has called us to do. At every wedding that I get to minister at, I normally tell people the following. And I want to ask you to do the same if you wouldn't mind. Just to stand for a moment. Just stand with me for a moment. And what I tend to tell people is this, when we get to stand, and this is what I tell the witnesses, as witnesses of God, we tend to stand in the gap. We tend to say, Father, this is what we stand for. You have called us as your people. And as your people, we are grateful that we can still run this race which you've called us to. And can I ask that everybody would just, if you've got your husband or somebody close to you, hold their hands as family. Because it's a unit thing. 
If you don't have people close to you as family, please hold their hands for a moment as well around the building as much as you can. I know with COVID things we might say, I don't want to cough on you. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Keep your cough to yourself. But I just want to, for a moment, we have become so touch deprived that certain components of God we have parked off. But I really sensed God saying it's time. It's time for us to move with that again. It's time for us to understand that we need one another as well. And within that tangibility that we would experience God's tangible presence in exactly that same way. And Father, we choose to stand for your cause. We choose to stand for that which you have called us to be. We choose to stand for righteousness, integrity, and everything that the fruit of the Spirit refers to. That as people full of faith, but also faithfulness, that we would walk with you. And we will follow you wholeheartedly in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So Henry was telling me, uh, he was saying he used to be in a Dutch Reformed church, and he says in wintertime, um, the benches get quite cold. I said, I said, okay, we, and for, for some of my friends who are Dutch Reformed, I said, you guys are, are the squatting church. So it's sit, stand, sit, stand, sit, stand. So you get a lot of good leg work in there as well, uh, whereby we get some arm work going, right, with our clapping and how we do things. God is not in his style. He is spirit. So important to remember. It's his spirit. It's not his style. And anyway, so a number of things. Observe was the first. Follow was the second. Then last night, Pastor John, you didn't even know this, but as you were preaching and you were talking about Jude verse 20, which says that now build you up in your most holy faith. That was one of the points that God was speaking to him about sticking to. Stick to that which God has called you. Build yourself up. Make sure you hold on to that with everything that's inside of you. How many times have we done that whereby we would say, it's almost like when you've got a hang for, I think, Tammy, you would know how this feels because, because um, I mean, I've always tried and I can't do this for the life of me. This is confession time as well. So <laughs> muscle ups, I didn't get it. I don't know why people would do that. Why would you hang and then, and then do a press up and press through? I mean, to prove what? Um, but I mean, there's friends of mine who do that very, very well. Tammy does that as well to prove that we're strong. But it means that we stick it out. And I remember a friend of mine saying it this way. He says, John, there's certain moments. He said, if you want to know how to do a pull-up, first things first. He says, learn how to hold on. He says, just hang. Hold on. And I've had many of those hold on moments. But in, in my life as well, I tend to hold on and say, God, I'll stick it out. I'll be there. I'll run with it. Whatever you've called me for. Then we need to accept what God has called us. Then the other one is to acknowledge Proverbs 3, verse, verse 3 to 5. 5 and 6 actually says that in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge God. See Him. Look for Him. When you come into this building... When you go into your workspace, when you go into your community, when you go into your local checkers, look for God and saying, God, I know that you've called me, but there's something within people as well. More often than not, we look at the people saying plastic and we get so angry, annoyed and upset at them. Instead of saying, you know what, I've got an opportunity to pack my own plastic. Can I get an amen on that? Not easy. One of my best friends says, I paid for this stuff. I won't pack it. I said, well, you paid for it. It's yours. You can decide what you want to do with it. I said, but pack it. I've packed many people's bags for them. Many. And they would get so annoyed at me. They'd say, what are you doing? Are you stealing my stuff? I said, no, no, I'm not stealing. I said, clearly you've got somewhere to be. So I just want to help you to get there. So I'm going to pack your stuff for you. Is that okay? Can I, can I pack your bags for you? Because you want, you want somebody to pack it. There's no packer here. Because I've never had to work from eight to eight. So I don't know what it's like. 
but I can have compassion on people who are doing it. And I always thank them when I get there. I'm thinking on a Sunday night, eight o'clock, somebody's still waiting there so that I can buy bread because I was, I, I forgot. My to-do list didn't have it on. That's part of being the body of Christ. It's part of running as God has called us to be. If we are ambassadors of the Most High, what makes us different? And it's how we treat everybody, not just some people. Every person we get to connect with, every person we got to ask that question saying, God, what could I do today that would reflect your glory? It would show people that you are real. And it's in everything that we do. It's in that taxi driver that drives in front of you. It's in that moment that we've got a boss that says something that we didn't agree with. But count it all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations. Various things that we don't get to understand. But we still move. We still say, Father, you develop that fruit within me. Because we acknowledge. Hosea says it this way. He says, let us acknowledge the Lord and let us press on to know the Lord. He says, because as surely as the sun rises, the Lord will appear. And he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain that waters the earth. And a number of points I want to wrap up with today is the first thing is when we abide, we speak differently. We do. We speak out certain things. For me, I know this might be semantically different. There's a difference for me between just talking and speaking. Sometimes I can talk about a couple of things, and it's just this, and that's kind of nitty-gritty things, the Pac-Man syndrome thing. My dad used to say that a lot. A lot of people do squawking. They speak, but they don't have a lot to say, my dad used to say. But when we speak, it means what am I saying over you? What am I speaking towards? When there's a situation, we sang that song night and day, day and night, night and day, let incense rise. I was thinking about it, that God is saying that in your moment of night, and in your moment of day, during the moments where it's super tough and we don't get it, that we let incense rise. Yeah. Say, Father, I don't get it. I don't know why. Why, why do I feel so stuck? And during the moments when it's great, we say, Father, I'm going to give you even more of that. Yeah. I normally speak about the open field syndrome. Okay, because as a musician, we want to see that picture whereby we run towards God. Because we are that safe. Simon Sinek says it this way. He says, we need to learn how to speak last. Not easy. Because sometimes personality-wise, we can say, I've always got something to say. I don't know about you. If you are that person in your relationship, don't look at your partner right now, but it could be I'm the one. I just want to say something. Come on, just want to say something. All right, just by the way. I've got those moments where I'll say to Lee, I'll say, but just so by to the way, there's a couple of things. I've got to learn how to do that. Be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. Where James speaks about that. It's practical things that God wants for us. So we speak differently. Number two, when we abide, we praise differently. We've got a different way that we praise. You know, David comes and he says, Father, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'd love to sit with Pastor John about this, but my connection to that was in terms of Revelations 4, whereby I think, if I could for a moment, that David had to see something that God made him to be. Now, in Revelations 4, it speaks about the holy beings going around and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. Every time, some of the scholars would say that when they move around God, they experience a different angle of who God is. Something new. And I was thinking about that. Maybe David had a moment whereby God showed him something new about himself. And he could say, God, thank you that you made me. You made me to be that. And that's why he could write that to say that, Father, who am I that you would, that you would think of me? 
But he says, in that moment, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And it needs to be the same for you as well. That you need to realize that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God loves you just that much. And we need to acknowledge and accept that as well, which is another abiding scripture. Then I was thinking about the following. Uh, Henry, can I just ask, where's Henry, my friend Henry? 21 years. 21 years. Could you get the guitar for a moment? Yeah, just sit over here, please. There's a lot that happens in 21 years. Old school used to say that when we get to 21, we graduate. We get ready. 21 years. Uh, You can give me a G there, please. Give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our soul to another. Give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our soul to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that sees, who seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. So give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Seems like I've got a shoe ministry today. And I want to just put it here if I may. Significance, this was my trip in 2018. The friend that took me along bought me these shoes. And I walked the streets of the States in a new way. And for my friend today, may you walk in a new way. Because this is the picture that I see about the prodigal as well. He was always covered. He just didn't realize it. So when the father covered him again, he could realize as son that he was covered. But he was never not covered. And Henry, you will walk a different walk and because we are such good friends I can't call it a prophetic word but I know it's a prophetic action and may you walk differently in the name of Jesus the Christ can you stretch out your hands towards a friend and father we thank you for your walk that is different so last year another friend of mine everybody say friends bought me these shoes and said John and these shoes, their name are, the brand is called Sapmok, which is the reverse of Kompas. In Afrikaans, Kompas, Sapmok. And he says, may God walk with you in your new direction. Because I know that there is something that God is walking out with you. 
Now, a last gift that I want to share. As I said, it's, it's the most beautiful thing. So God says, get socks. I said, what? He says, get socks, if I may. And he says the following. So these are my socks. Can you see that they're holy? <laughs> because sometimes our lives are filled with holes. But the socks had an anchor on it. So even if it doesn't look the way that it needs to look, it's still anchored in the good stuff, which we are anchored in God. So I'm giving these holy socks to you. I did wash them, I promise. Oh, you've got to do the smell test. And you can put them on now if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Amen, bless you. Can I ask the band to come up for a moment, please? Can we just bless the band for a moment? And let me tell you the significance of that. If we can cheer each other on, maybe we'll run a little bit longer, a little bit further, a little bit better. It's okay. When you're running, we say to you, come on, let's run. When we do what God has called us to do, say, keep on running. That is what we want to do. Because when we abide, we love differently. We love differently. Interesting when the scripture speaks about faith, hope, and love. And the importance, the most important is love. And can I say for a moment, and we pray differently. So we get to pray Pastor John says one line of prayer is just one little sentence, and he prays the Lord's Prayer. And God says we pray differently. And can we do that for a moment? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us all our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray differently. We remember. We stand up as people filled with faith full of faith and saying, Father, let us walk. Let us run it out. If you want, you can just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Father, in the atmosphere of who you've always been, we want to acknowledge you as the God of our lives. We want to thank you, Father, that you invite us to abide in your love. That this means that we dwell with and that we are all the time we are in him. Because in him, we live, we move, we have our being. It's an invitation to a total belonging, to full intimacy, and to an unlimited being with the light of the Spirit of God reveals to us that love conquers all fears.
So as we abide in God, this morning the only thing I heard God saying to me is, people needing to be reminded of that but need a tangible touch of that again. That you would pray with those individuals. People who are just saying against Father, you are that one thing. Give me Jesus for my situations, for my family, for my work life, for my ministry, for my tiredness that is tired. <laughs> for every component of, of me, that Father, that I would experience Jesus again, again and again. Because that's the beauty about church like this. That's the beauty about us coming together. As we get to be reminded again that He's faithful. So that's all I wanted to ask. If there's anybody like that who would like for us, for me, if it's okay, to pray with you and just say, I just want to just experience Jesus again and be reminded of that, just the faithfulness of who He is in my life. I'd love to stand still with you for a moment. Because I believe that is what God does for us. He comes and stands still and says, I see you. I'm with you. I'm for you. You're my beloved. I've always loved you. Because that's the beauty. Because God covers us. And whilst we are covered, we can get to invite others to join in.